It's disturbing video, the last minutes of George Floyd's life, as witnesses desperately plead with cops to get off his neck. This is America. Radical left criminals, thugs, and others will not be allowed to set communities ablaze. This is America. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Look what I'm whipping them. Police be tripping them. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. My area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. This is America as we know it. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dylan. And last week we talked a lot about um, protests and what's going on with, you know, people on what we call the front lines of protesting about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, racial inequality, racial injustice, and police brutality. And obviously with protesting comes activism, activism in, you know, actually making changes. And so we thought it would be kind of cool to talk to Obi Stillwell. Obi Stillwell is a former Ohio State football player and has been very outspoken about our current social issues. And one of the things I wanted to get your opinion about is what is going on in the sports world when it comes to activism. Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard called out his head coach Mike Gundy for wearing an American News 1 t-shirt, which is a very alt-right news organization. And you even have players for Clemson and other big programs going to Black Lives Matter marches. So I just wanted to get your opinion on these college athletes and their activism. Um, You know, I think that's, that's a good question. I think their activism is, uh, is something that kind of goes with the territory, goes along with the territory. I think it's something that you have to consider uh, as you kind of, you know, get into the limelight, if, if you will, um, because people are watching you. And I think that if you feel a certain way about things, if, if you're legitimately and organically and authentically moved uh, and, and passionate about something, definitely speak up. You know, um, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong necessarily that you have a uh, a political T-shirt on for one view or the other. Uh, I do believe in, in in you know the freedom of speech, but when you when your paycheck essentially uh, the reason why you get paid is because of these athletes or any individuals, right? If you're an employer and your employees are affected by a situation, you need to know about that situation. You need not to be ignorant about a situation uh, because these people are are directly affecting your paycheck. They're directly affecting your family, your livelihood. So for, so for him to have that T-shirt on and not understand, as he had said, like completely the views of that particular, um, uh, you know, media outlet, uh, which I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I completely believe that because he's, he's a very conscious coach. So I, I, when I say conscious, it just seems like he's intentional on, on a lot of things that he does and says. So I don't know if it was, I don't know, I don't know if I buy that, but I do like that, uh, that, that the athletes spoke up, and I, I, I like any time athletes speak up uh, about things they're passionate about. 
Awesome. Um, honestly, that's kind of what everything is about right now, too, is people speaking up. And something that I've been noticing is the people who aren't speaking up. And I don't know. What do you have to say to that? Um, you know what? I, I think that, you know, everybody has a role. So I think there's some people that may not be speaking up, per se, that may be doing other things. Then um, there probably are some that that aren't speaking up that should be speaking up. I, I think that something that I've been noticing is, you know, we're having companies speaking up and they're not only just speaking up, but they're saying, hey, we're going to, you know, at Disney World, change the ride Splash Mountain, which is based on Song of the South, which very historically had a slave in that movie. Um, they're taking that out completely and they're changing it into princess and the frog and that's a, a black princess mm. it, it, that is happening right but unfortunately that doesn't change how people look at us mm -hmm. right and so i don't know i guess i, I want to know what your opinion is on you know all of these companies coming out and speaking in a certain way but it not really making a change or is it making a change in your opinion you know what i think that's a tough one and I think we're kind of all speaking right now in in within the process and so uh, to say is it change is does it make change will it be will it make change it's so it's, it's difficult um, sometimes to kind of gauge that I know obviously they're they're, they're talking about changing ancient Mima pancakes yeah uh, I even saw where the, the family themselves are like you know that's a part of our history and things we are proud of, uh, we would prefer you not to change, you know, um, right. that because their their cousin uh, was one of the individuals who went around with Ancient Mima at different trade shows and was, was the character uh, that, that portrayed on, on their branding. Ancient Smiling, happy Aunt Jemima, famous for her secret recipe, pancakes, waffles, and buckwheat. What's your happy thoughts for today? Well, Mr. Lyon, folks says you can't buy happiness, but you can earn it. Yes, Aunt Jemima, and I guess we all want to be happy. I think they, they, they've actually changed the the, the, uh, the picture of Aunt Jemima also. Yeah, they have. I remember her having like a scarf over her head. Yeah. Kind of almost looked more like uh, from a throwback, almost from a slave to a maid type of in-between. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think that's going to provoke some change. I would rather them take the marketing dollars that they're, they're, they were looking to spend to rebrand this whole thing and put it into our educational system, yes. put it into some of our young uh, black men that are, that you see that are on the prison track because they can track that mm -hmm. and, and, and and come in and disrupt that. But I think there's a, a, a greater win if we can begin to concentrate on the young men um, that are in our school system and changing, rebranding that, we rebranding the way that you look at our young black men, branding the way that you perceive our young black men, even if they're in education or they're walking down the street. What can we do? What dollars can we put in the rebranding of that? I think that is that serves a greater purpose than rebranding Aunt Jemima Pancake.
so how do you think that we go about that? Because that's that's really tough right now. It seems like a lot of people are overcorrecting something that, you know, is in our history rather than paying attention to the actual thing that needs changed. When you have that, what do we do? You know, are we at a standstill or is it ever going to get better? What what can we do to make it better? Well, I mean, I think that that's, that's a great question. And I think that we have to put pace on our expectations. We have to put patience on our conversations. When I, my two-year-old, when I was teaching him how to catch, I used to toss the ball lightly to him because I wanted him to catch it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so sometimes we're we're flinging information at each other that we it's, it, that we act like we really don't even want them, people to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, like we would rather fight than to actually get through maybe the pain of it. To, to get better. It's kind of like pulling off that band-aid. You're going to pull it off slowly, you're just going to yank it off. Yeah. When white people come to you and say, hey, I didn't know or I didn't understand, don't be- oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you knew what was You knew what was up. You, you've always known what was up. You know what I'm saying? And you just, well, some of them didn't because they were, I believe that more white people, uh, uh, and I, I'll use the word suffer, okay? <laughs> uh, I think more white people suffer from indifference than they do racism. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a good word, indifference. I think it's really interesting that you say that because everything that I'm seeing, all of my feeds, I'm seeing a lot of black and brown people saying, you know, I'm not your educator. You need to find out for yourself. But it, I mean, I feel like we we were just having a conversation with somebody where it, it really seemed like he hadn't experienced. Well, and he hadn't, obviously. Uh, he was a white man. He hadn't experienced things that we have experienced as people of color. He was completely mystified. That was his word. It's like we need to have these conversations with people to educate them, and we can't be standoffish because I think that right there is the divide, right? Yeah, yeah, because if you're being standoffish, you're being selfish. Ah. You're not thinking about the generations behind you. And when I say generations behind you, I really should say generations that are coming forward, yeah. you know, forward. But you're, you're, you're trying to vindicate what has happened in the past, and so now you're, you're deflecting Right. And, mm-hmm. and you're saying, well, what you did to me now, I'm going to do to you. You know, and if you if you want to learn, if you really care, if you really care about this, go find it out for yourself. Well, you know what? That's not necessarily fair, because even if they go get the information, it's still going to be based off of their own interpretation and perception that you might not like at the end of the day either. Right. So. So how about you engage? And there's some white folks. Let's not let's not be be ignorant. There's some white folks that don't even care. Right. They could care less. You know what I'm saying? You're always gonna have opposition. Yeah. You know. See, here's the thing. Love always will outlast hate. You can be black and pro pro BLM and, and and won't have a conversation with a white person and tell them you need to go and find out for yourself. Well, I think you're hating. I, did I answer your question about what what what? Did I answer your question about what I think we should do? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. I think, uh, I mean, I, love. <laughs> I, I, yeah, love. But I think we need to sit down and have a real conversation of what we need, what we desire. How are we, how are we going to rebrand? I'm a sports guy by nature, so one of the reasons I was excited <laughs> to get your perspective as a former athlete, um, you know, and you also brought up the company's branding and, you know, whether it be the NFL or NASCAR, or the NCAA, those are all, you know, companies. I mean, some people don't look at it that way, but they're trying to make money. 
and you see, you know, the NFL and the commissioner coming out and actually saying Black Lives Matter, which was a big deal because he kind of had an anti-Kaepernick stance while he was kneeling and NASCAR being at the forefront of trying to get rid of the Confederate flag and um, NBA players being concerned with playing during, you know, this current movement. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on all these sports leagues changing their stances on stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot because I, I and I think it's a good question, uh, but it's just a lot to unpack. So here's, here's I was ideating on this the other day because I thought it was just so interesting that the only real melting pot, I don't think America, America was supposed to be the melting pot, but it's the pot that never melted. America has never really melted. We, we, we've been intertwined. We've been intersected, but we haven't really just melted because I think melting has to do with an, a level of acceptance, and we haven't done that. Um, I believe it's interesting that sports is the, is the truest, truest melting pot. When you cross the line, you are truly with your brother. If you are wearing the same uniform, you are with your brother. When in white, black, Asian, whatever, you are with your brother. Uh, and I thought it was just interesting that we didn't have sports because of COVID-19 to aid us in some of this unrest when it came to, 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 to race. Because I believe that sports could have been used in a very positive way to be the example of where we need to go as a nation. So I think it was a, a, a very smart business move to step up and say what he said, what the commissioner said, uh, NFL commissioner said. Uh, I think it's a smart move for NASCAR to now begin to bring in African-American uh, individuals who really kind of probably – some of them who really liked NASCAR, but probably really didn't feel comfortable going to some of the races that are, you know, you're full of, you know, 32 to 50 Confederate flags everywhere you walk around. Right, right. You know, uh, so I think that was a good branding move on, on their end. Uh, I think that's the, one of the biggest things is that we have to understand that, yeah, there's some moral aspects of this. Uh, but that moral aspect of what things of of some of this change, we may see fifty years, a hundred years, two hundred years on down the line, and obviously we we in this generation we may never see it. You know, we may never yeah. see it. We may just feel the winds of change, but we don't necessarily see the change. We but but we get excited because that we see the change, right? That but that's our role. That was our role to push the change. Now so them then on down the line people look back and say, man, this was the this that twenty twenty group was who really pushed this change. I just talked to a police officer today. Can you say what uh, department that is? Columbus Police Department. I asked him um, what he thought about the Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff. And he said what happened to George Floyd was, um, you know, was was crazy. He said, I would never do anything like that. Uh, this was a white officer, 20, 28 years old, white, white male. And uh, he said, nobody that I'm with in my circle would ever do anything like that. But he felt, which was a really interesting perspective, and I love perspective. That's the one thing I, I just love to hear different people's yes. perspectives, you know, because it's not, sometimes it's not about right or wrong. It's just like, okay, what do you think about this? And that's exactly what we're doing here. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so with that being said, he, the police officer told me, he said, I think we're being picked on. Wow. I was like, interesting, right? Yeah. He's like, Obi, racism is systemic in America. It's systemic in hospitals with doctors and nurses. It's systemic fire department. It's systemic with the school system. It's systemic in government. He said, so then, okay, let's say you reform and defund and all that kind of stuff. It's like, what are you going to do? He said, it's still systemic, so it's still going to come back. Right. It's going to eventually come back because it's systemic. And you, and everybody's in our, up in arms about the police. And this is me. This is These are my words. But, but once he told me that, it made me... Not to say I 100% agree with them, but man, it shifted my paradigm a little bit. And I was like, whoa. Right. It was like, it, you know, so it's almost like treating someone that has, I don't know, something wrong with their liver, but it's really their blood and they need a blood transfusion. Yeah, yeah. But you keep dealing with the liver. You know, just like you all are doing uh, this amazing job on this podcast, is that you 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 make people feel comfortable enough to tell them how they really feel. And that that comes full circle to you know to to sitting down and having those conversations in love, like you said, rather than hate. It seems like Obi has a lot of different perspectives, whether that be from his sports or business background. He seems to have a nice grasp of the fact that different people from different walks of life see things in different ways. And I feel like that's what we're trying to bring with this podcast for people who maybe are having trouble seeing a different perspective. And I love how he said how most people aren't really being racist. They're more indifferent. Right. It's something that they haven't had to consider before. So how do they know what they're being inconsiderate about? Right. And I think that's why uh, having those uncomfortable conversations, kind of like what we had last week, is what's going to ultimately bring forth, you know, some perspective for, from both sides. Big thanks to Obi Stillwell for for joining us. We're now on iTunes, um, so you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, and soon to be iHeart since uh, that's where we're at recording all of these things, <laughs> iHeartMedia. We also are on Facebook, America As We Know It podcast. Be sure to give us a like, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ashley. And I'm Dylan. And this is America As We Know It. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Runs in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry 